But honestly, the other names I heard being floated for Attorney General were like Andrew Cuomo. Jesus Christ, are you serious? Yeah, so given the circumstances... It's like liberal fan fiction. It really is. Ah, dude, how do they like Cuomo, though? He's such a detestable guy. Yeah, well, I mean, he's very progressive, considering his nipple piercings, and then, uh... (laughs) That's true, that's true. He's a POC, because he's an Italian from New York. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, They don't fucking give a shit about anything else but that someone isn't Donald Trump at this point. Like, John Bolton is their friend, (laughs) like... (laughs) We uh, We should review John Bolton's book. We should review John Bolton's book and Andrew Cuomo's book about how we beat the coronavirus. <laughs> My God, I forgot about that! That would Holy be a, fuck. a beautiful double episode, hit all of our bases. Yeah. yeah. Guess who ghost wrote the Andrew Cuomo book? Who? Meredith McIver. <laughs> it's written in the same cadence that, like, Tony Soprano's pizza menu is. <laughs> the business fries! <laughs> Christopher Cheeseburger. One note I was thinking today. What's that? What? what were you thinking today? Fauci could probably benefit from like a Wizard of Oz type scenario where he speaks through like this giant scary projection. <laughs> I think people would listen to him more because he doesn't really look like a guy like that commands much respect. He's got a, like a tiny no. head. Yeah. Like I'm not saying he's wrong about anything, but he doesn't really look like a guy you want to listen to either. That's no, a, not at all. That's another guy who's just been like a government ghoul for like 30 years, who's now a resistance hero because while working in the Trump administration, he sometimes was like, "Uh, the, the president didn't mean that." <laughs> like he looks like when he was like a kid, he'd be the kid to be like, "Hey, you didn't assign us any homework. Were you gonna give us mm-hmm. any homework?" Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And now he could like he could take a Senate. Seat in fucking california if he wanted to oh yeah maybe but once he had to like talk more i don't know because he he doesn't have a very powerful voice or powerful (laughs) looks in any sense he's just like this meek little guy what if uh joe biden just made john bolton secretary of defense again (laughs) 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 just the same guy in the same job (laughs) wasn't there jack uh we're we're healing the divide we're healing the divide (laughs) We're buying pussy hats. We're giving them out instead of student loan relief. <laughs> I'm appointing Donald Trump, uh, director of the CIA, to uh, make a team of rivals. <laughs> We're coming up on Thanksgiving, the casserole lovers holiday. Yeah, yeah. Thanksgiving transitions into our first half. Oh, okay. How about this? What if instead of pardoning the turkey on television, Trump fucks it? <laughs> just on tv they're not allowed to turn they're not allowed to turn it off it's just broadcast nationally (laughs) yeah biden pardons trump but he doesn't pardon the turkey who goes to jail for being raped (laughs) this is a this is a good opening now this isn't going to alienate anybody (laughs) i hope i hope when biden's up there pardoning the turkey he like has like some slip of his mind and he says mumia abu jamal All right, Jack, I hereby pardon uh, Mumia Abu Jamal. <laughs> Didn't we have some Twitter threads that we were gonna that we were gonna read or something? We're gonna read I don't think there's ever been a Twitter thread that wasn't written by a CIA agent. I, I, <laughs> I mean you're right. <laughs> like no no real person puts that amount of time and effort into anything. 
All right, y'all, here's why the word coup is problematic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> here's why the word coup is anti-Semitic. <laughs> Nicholas Maduro's uh, not amplifying Juan Guaido's voice enough. <laughs> That'd be cool. What if Juan Guaido came back and ran for uh, Senate in America, too? This was our team of rivals. We put Juan Guaido in charge of, I don't know, commerce. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. No, no, no. Here we go. That's who you appoint director of the CIA, because <laughs> he's already a CIA agent. It's like a, it's like an HW situation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's already been an asset for many years. He went to George Washington University, which is our version <laughs> of a British prep school where we rape yeah. the leaders of the next generation into obedience. Yeah. John Guaido was on uh, Milton Friedman's uh, pedophile plan. You just said John Guaido, my friend. You're getting you're getting John. some Pinocchios. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the thing. He's a CIA agent. His name is not actually Juan. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's an assumed name. It's John. Name. It's actually John Guido. <laughs> John Guido. He's Italian. <laughs> <laughs> he's a POC. He's Italian. That's why it had. That's why it didn't work, despite American backing, <laughs> American money, and American. <laughs> idiot american private military italian failure was at play yeah they were training in the colombian jungle and they were like oh i miss my mother oh you look like my sister Mwah. it was the episode of the sopranos where they go to italy and they're like where's the marinara sauce yeah exactly Let's see, Italian-Americans, mother issues. Hey, liberals, fact check. An Italian-American will never be the president. (laughs) (laughs) I hope to God I'm right. (laughs) Mario Cuomo is actually the first shadow president. His arc is so awesome now. Like, if they couldn't beat, uh, what's his name? Who's, Who's the Rainbow Coalition guy? Red Hampton? Jesse Jackson. Jesse Jackson. Thank you. If they couldn't beat (laughs) Jesse Jackson in the primary, they were going to go to a contested primary and give it to Mario Cuomo, someone who got his Senate seat after receiving a head injury in baseball. So this guy (laughs) who was too deficient to play baseball was going to become the president. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if, if they couldn't if they couldn't be jesse jackson in the primary they were going to go to a contested uh contested convention and assassinate jesse jackson most likely lenny dykstra gets to run for senate <laughs> <laughs> who is that i don't know what that is uh, he's he's another baseball <laughs> well, player he's, he's got fucked up he's got dyke in his last name so that's pretty funny. owned <laughs> <laughs> there's a few cracks in this one your parents' last name it doesn't have Dyke in it. They just don't like you, so to own you, they make your last name Dyke while they have custodianship of you. Custodianship. Yeah, because you have to clean the kid. Yeah, that's like, your primary oh, yeah. job as a kid guy. You just have to clean it as up a, a little bit. As a kid guy. Kid guy, yes. A guy who owns a kid. Which part of my rhetoric was confusing? Well, that brings us back to the Mandalorian, right? He's a kid guy. He's a kid guy. Uh, they took a very brave stance on uh, black slaver in the last episode of The Mandalorian <laughs> and the Maga Star. Is a kid star. guy someone who owns a kid, or is it just a parent? Is it the new fun way to say parent, a kid guy? Either or. It's a parent. Mothers and fathers are both <laughs> kid guys. Yeah, exactly. Jeffrey Epstein was a kid guy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,
Welcome back to Boomer Death Squad, the number one anti-Turkey, pro-Turkish podcast <laughs> on the left. I'm your host, Ottoman Joe. Oh, okay, okay, hold on. I gotta do some Googling here. Who is the guy that uh, Erdogan kicked out? Starts with a G. I, I don't know, and any attempt I have is going to have to be bleeped. <laughs> Erdogan enemy. <laughs> who is it? Who is it? Who is it? <laughs> Gulan! My name is Daddy Gulan. <laughs> there we go. That <laughs> did come up when I searched Erdogan enemy. <laughs> and uh, I'm Maddie Istanbul. There we go. <laughs> Let's go. Constantinople. I'm Danny Constantinople. I'm revising. Okay. Greek nationalist pig. <laughs> <clears throat> so... Uh, welcome back to the show. Uh, it's, it's, it's the holiday season, folks. Uh, we're gearing up for Thanksgiving. We're gearing up for these, uh, what, what, what was that tweet? The single greatest act of genocide this, the, the world has ever seen. Which one? Uh, the person who talked about going to Thanksgiving with your family is doing genocide. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Because of the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Well, as a true leftist, you have to be pro-genocide of your family, so <laughs> the morally correct position is to contract the coronavirus on purpose and assassinate your grandmother mm-hmm. for a racist <laughs> comment she's made in any time in the last ten years. <laughs> for a racist comment she made in 1953. Absol- That's praxis right there. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Super spreader events are praxis because everybody's a capitalist. <laughs> Trump rallies are valid. <laughs> How are we going to defeat fascism without COVID? How are we going to defeat fascism without uh, Joe Biden continuing to crowdfund for his transition period? Did oh you see that? Oh my god! Oh my god, yes I saw that. Bipartisan post-election <laughs> fundraising grifts. It's amazing. Are you going to support Donald Trump suing his way into the presidency? Or Joe <laughs> Biden suing his way into the presidency three weeks early? <laughs> we've evolved we've evolved from uh paying for medical bills with gofundme into paying for the federal government with gofundme absolutely potholes are going to be filled on an individual basis <laughs> based off how sad a story you can write and if you can get ariana grande to share it in between her being canceled for being italian Did people not know she was italian uh, no, Actually, there's... I, su- I support being cancelled for being Italian. Yeah, exactly. Mm. That's also a morally correct position to take. <laughs> no Italians or dogs welcome on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> alright, alright. Let's get into this first article. Stop being racist against Italians for a minute. <laughs> for 30 seconds, even. <laughs> alright, so, this first article we have for you guys uh, is titled... You know, to go along with the holiday season, Thanksgiving coming up, whatnot. We tried that day. Uh, we tried that transition. Uh, it was about five minutes ago. Whatever. Joe Biden goes public, wants to limit who you can have for Thanksgiving. By John, who? huh? He wants to limit who you can have. Yeah. All right. So you can only eat people over uh, sixty <laughs> years old. <laughs> he's he's means testing cannibalism. <laughs> cannibalism tax credit (laughs) wonderful Uh, this is by John Brodigan in Louder with Crowder Uh, yes Stephen Crowder's website slash podcast 
This is the type of wonderful article we would have never found without the good folks over at Parlor accusing mm-hmm. me of being a <laughs> Podesta clone sent by the Clinton organization when I comment and tell them that they're gay. <laughs> it's really cool how they don't block you for anything you say in the vein of free speech, so you just can call these people gay and they get really, really angry. <laughs> no! No! <laughs> And you also can't be shadow banned. It's part of the parlor constitution. <laughs> There's a constitution. Yeah, no shadow banning. Um, if you a liberal, to... if a liberal gets a hundred thousand followers, he'll give you, he'll pay you ten thousand dollars or whatever. You, you don't have to. Uh, you don't have to harbor mods in your quarters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Welcome back to parlor chat. No gods, no mods. <laughs> one god, no mods. I guess. Well, talking about God, um, who is John Brodigan? Um, so I, I have dignity and self-respect, and I had no fucking clue who he was. I'd never seen his name before. So I had to look him up. Uh, he's a writer and a journalist for Louder with Crowder. A Which is an the... indictment on the profession of journalism, let me be clear. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, he's a writer on the podcast, which... <laughs> fucking we should get podcast oh. writers <laughs> we need help yeah Why exactly does... i need focus groups for when i call obama gay what does steven crowder need written for his podcast everything don't say but the word don't say the funny. word <laughs> steven please <laughs> don't say the word i'm begging you <laughs> we've been kicked off everything steven you cannot say the word yeah <laughs> that's just that's that's all the notes yeah exactly uh, so, uh, judging from his Twitter, he seems to have, like, a cadence identical to the millennial lib contingency on the internet. You know who I'm talking about. Uh, except that he's an alt-right Groiper Chan guy. Um, <laughs> so, uh, other articles by him in Louder with Crowder include, uh, actor Jim Carrey thought his anti-Ted Cruz portrait would trigger the senator, but Cruz reacted differently. It's because Ted Cruz got, like, so fucked in the presidential election, like, he could have legitimately been the president but he got defeated by Donald Trump just calling him the Zodiac His... Killer. So he's like... <laughs> Trump beat him by just saying, your wife is ugly, Ted. Your wife She's is ugly, you, you're the Zodiac Killer, your father killed Kennedy. <laughs> like, Trump, like, owned Ted yeah. Cruz. So Ted yeah. Cruz is rebranded as, like, an epic meme guy on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> so he, like, responds to stuff, and he's like, triggered much? Whoa. <laughs> Trump read a uh, family of secrets and uh, he got his wires crossed and he knew it was a politician from Texas's dad killed Kennedy, but he couldn't remember which one. Why not? Yeah. They did it together. There were two Knowles, multiple shooters. It could have been both. <laughs> Personally. Uh, two Knowles, Noel Gallagher and Noel Grassley. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, Tucker Carlson exposed what was truly scary about Biden's speech. It's what wasn't said. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I'm uh, glad Tucker Carlson understands subtext because I sure don't. It's what wasn't <laughs> said, like every other sentence that was supposed to be said. <laughs> uh, whole nouns, verbs, and ideas that were left out. Um, Joe Rogan interviews Alex Jones on Hunter Biden. Spotify users are triggered by it. <laughs> Ted Cruz savaged Elizabeth Warren's SCOTUS hysterics with just a single 80s movie quote. (laughs) So so he loves Ted Cruz in Red Dawn-style movies. What is the 80s movie quote? I I don't know. I I sort of read this article, and I looked at the... I 
watched the clip that he ta uh, tags with it, but it makes no sense. It I don't I don't know what he's going for. It doesn't make any sense. It's just like get to the chopper. It's just like completely <laughs> fucking incoherent. You just yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't matter because they controlled every aspect of the Supreme Court nomination. <laughs> so they can just they can just quote anything at all. Yeah. Uh, well, that's what that's what his like contingency thinks is epic is like 80s movie quotes. Yeah. Yeah. Um so after reading one or two of this guy's articles scrolling down his timeline for a couple seconds uh I've I've come to the conclusion that his humor and his critical thinking skills seem to be entirely on par with you know Don Jr. Um So <laughs> oh. let's uh let's start the article here. Wait, this can be Don Jr.'s running mate in 2024 when he gets defeated by I don't know, one of Tucker Carlson's interns. <laughs> uh, oh, 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 before we start this, I, I, I have to say, it's like he wrote this article while he was drunk as shit. There are so many grammatic errors throughout this fucking article, I'm, and like, double words and weird shit, so if it ever sounds like I'm having a stroke while I'm reading this, I'm just, no, I'm reading this word for word. So, it begins. <laughs> Joe Biden said if he was elected president, he would listen to the science. That was called into question this past week when one of the scientists Joe Biden chose for his COVID panel opened his face hole about shutting down the country. Again. And then, and this is parenthetically, see, Biden's COVID advisor thinks a four to six week national lockdown is an awesome idea. And Biden's spokesperson refuses to answer if Biden supports advisors four to six week national lockdown. Wonder no more, because Joe Biden signaled he's going to go along with whatever he's told, this time by instructing you on how many people you can have over for Thanksgiving. I gotta say, it's pretty incredible, because if you, have you seen what Biden came out and said about this? That there will be no national lockdown, yeah, yeah. no, 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 yeah. no, yes. Explicitly, there will be no lockdown. I don't even know if there'll be any more money. This is sort of it. This is just, we're learning to live with it. It's the weather now. Well, they strategically lost, like, all of Congress, right? So they strategically don't have to pass any money. It'll be the same thing with Obama and Mitch McConnell. It's not Biden's fault. It's the Republicans' fault. Absolutely. It'll be really interesting to see what happens in Georgia next week when, uh, if the Democrats win, mm -hmm. Joe Manchin gets to be the deciding vote in Congress every time. <laughs> The independent who caucuses with them but votes with the Republicans 90% of the time. Uh, awesome. I love that. Yeah. Uh, so this is, um, this, is, this is a quote from Joe Biden here. There should be no group more than 10 people in one room inside the House. That's what they're telling me. Uh, now, I'd just like to point out that that's, like, the 10-person rule was pretty nationally enforced under Trump. In fact, a lot of states had less than 10 people rule. They want to lock down this country again. It's like, dude, dude Trump locked it down last time. I, yeah, yeah, it's... So, uh, the, the, the guy is bad at thinking. So, he goes on. They who? I ask so I understand that for I send a 15-pound turkey to their homes with detailed instructions on how insert said bird up their rectums. Either that or fly a helicopter over their home, and if I count 11 or more people, drop live turkeys on it. But the Zoomers <laughs> at Facebook might consider that a threat and not an obvious WKRP in Cincinnati reference. Such what? an obvious Hol reference. Holy shit! 
I know. It's insane. It's... Did that happen in a movie? Someone... No! No! Here's the thing. He he attaches a gif to the reference of the reference he's making, and it is it makes no sense. It's an old guy saying a line that doesn't equate to this at all. It is so weird. He's and referencing like... a Cincinnati radio show. He said the Zoomers <laughs> at Facebook, a platform exclusively populated by people who think the Holocaust hasn't happened yet. <laughs> yeah. But it's coming. <laughs> it's coming in South Africa. Yeah, he did quote-unquote there every time. Yeah, scare quotes around there. It seems that his point... Or he's doing the thing that, that conservatives love doing on the internet where they talk about how much they want to... How, like, grotesquely they want to murder, like, a, a pedophile or something. Like, you know... Just go into extreme detail about what you're going to do to their balls or something. <laughs> Except it's about airdropping turkeys onto homes. It's a very, it's a weird metaphor. I'm going to fly a helicopter. I'm going to go. I'm going to rent a helicopter. It's so fucking stupid. But here's my question. When they told Joe Biden no more than 10 people, did he ask why? Is there science that says 11 is too much and it's not just an arbitrary number being thrown around? Because it feels like it's just an arbitrary number rolling around. <laughs> just like it feels arbitrary to blame restaurants and bars for the new COVID square quote spike and not the so-called super spreading events where people were doing the electric slide and the chicken dance in joe biden's honor oh wait i pronounced that wrong he doesn't put electric slide he puts electric side <laughs> he it's, spells he spells half of the words wrong it's beyond this being article. drunk i don't think he wrote it i think he hired someone off fiverr in malaysia to write this <laughs> phonetically someone who has never spoken english before <laughs> Very, very Three possible. Three podcasts in a row now where Malaysia comes up. Uh, we are... <laughs> we're Oceana-brained. I also love this fucking position he's taking here. Like, why are we blaming restaurants and bars when people are getting coronavirus dancing for Joe Biden? It's like it's just as stupid to die of coronavirus trying to get your dollar drink from Applebee's as it is to die dancing in the street in honor of Joe Biden. Yeah, Two yeah, things it's... can be dumb. The exact same thing. And it's like, if we want to point out hypocritical whatever, like, I know that's kind of, I'm being a loser here, but like, I don't know, the Million MAGA March, I'm sure that more people wore masks in the Dancing for Joe Biden than of the hogs who went out into the street for Donald Trump. I'd say that was probably a bigger super spreader event, but. Well, I don't know, because how many people even went out for that? It was a shit. It was a shit ton of people. I mean, it like, wasn't you know. a million people. It was. Oh no 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 no! But it was a shit ton of people. It was all they could get from the local areas. But frankly, that's a pretty heavily blue area he's in. Mm -hmm. The suburbs of Maryland and Virginia there are heavily blue. DC went for Trump or went for Biden by like fucking eighty five points or something. <laughs> <clears throat> I know Fauci wants us to shut up and do what we're told. Another expert our alleged president-elect says he's going to listen to. <laughs> Most of us made the mistake of doing that back in March when we're, were told two weeks to flatten the curve. We hung in there when we're, were told that all we needed was a vaccine to get back to normal. Dude, there's no vaccine! And how does your, how does your line of thought lead... Okay, 
if we it was going to be normal if we locked down for six weeks and then it wasn't so that means we should open it back up the guy is a such a fucking moron. We never locked down that hard to begin with, too. No, but he doesn't want to say that that's not the reason. That that's the reason shit's still bad. It's now been two weeks plus eight months, and with two potential vaccines, we're told we might never get back to normal by the people from whom Joe Biden indicated he'll take advice. Yeah, he'll be taking advice from this bitch Fauci, who is currently in the Donald Trump administration and has been <laughs> in charge of the coronavirus thing the whole time. It's like, if anything, we should be opposed to listening to this asshole. He's the guy who was like, nah, you don't need masks, don't worry about it, it's gonna be tight, everything will be fine. <laughs> For the first, like, three months. Yeah, exactly, so it's just like... Uh, with heroes like these, who needs villains? That's the whole problem with the Democratic mm -hmm. Party. And I can't mm -hmm. wait until exactly. we go in a little bit later to some of the cabinet choices that brought us to this yeah. place. Yeah. Uh, so, as far as no more than ten people over for the holidays, that's a big no from me, and an even bigger go fuck yourself. Except he abbreviates it to GFY. It took me about two days to realize what the fuck GFY meant. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Yeah, because no, that's not a thing. <laughs> Alright. <clears throat> so, let's, uh, in summation here, for, from, from this article and this this guy's brain, um, I mean, is there any better way to say it? The guy's a fucking moron. He's insanely stupid. It sounds like it was written phonetically. It does not sound like this was written by anyone with a grasp on the English language. It's awesome. Nor American politics. Yeah, it's awesome that people consider Steven Crowder like a threat when just like the <laughs> quote-unquote journalist he has working for him is just like a 15-year-old Malaysian man. <laughs> yeah, this guy and everyone at Louder with Crowder are like the, the Wojak of the guy with the tricycle like graft yes. onto the top of his skull. It's like yes. ding, ding. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Uh, yeah, all, all, every episode of Louder with Crowder is written in some Malaysian click farm, and then all of the views of Louder with Crowder are from the same click farm. Exclusively so you can give the Koch brother remaining fake statistics about how you're turning teens conservative and uh, continue <laughs> yeah. to collect your millions. Yeah. You'll never make it to Little St. James, but you'll make it to a lesser island. <laughs> <laughs> I guess some sort of Cajun grifter in the GOP. Uh, okay. Distraught caller chokes up over GOP abandoning POTUS. Rush, you and Trump are all we have. <laughs> uh, let, let me recite this to you. It's truly amazing. Okay. <laughs> I think I speak for most of you out there when I say I'm just sick to my stomach over how the GOP has abandoned President Trump and their voters. It's like nobody really gives a damn that we had an election stolen from us. It's this very lackadaisical <laughs> attitude like, 
Show us uh, the evidence or move on. And it's not just from the GOP. Tucker has that attitude, and a lot of the so-called MAGA online personalities do as well. <laughs> really? There's just this overall very meh attitude. Mad, disengaged attitude from so many people. The same people who fought like savage warriors for Brett Kavanaugh. But now... <laughs> <laughs> wait, who? Wait, wait, who fought like a savage warrior? But now they're quiet or giving out these pointless half-assed sound bites here and there. Where's the outrage? Why aren't our elected <laughs> GOP officials joining us in the streets? Why weren't they banging on the doors where the ballots are being counted, demanding transparency and audits? Uh, that that lady didn't hit the streets. That lady is uh, that lady got super triggered by her timeline on Twitter. Yeah. Don't they care about our elections, or do they just hate Trump and have been going through the motions for over four years, just biding their time until they could get rid of him so they could go back to business as usual? Damn, you know what that sounds like? What? Copium. Yeah, uh, this, this entire fucking thing is so awesome. It's just someone talking about how Tucker Carlson and the GOP have betrayed them because they haven't... <laughs> personally overthrown the government yet <laughs> just because joe biden a republican is president just days in the copium den the only light yeah. coming from your phone this is the <laughs> this is the most confusing thing when we talk about the gop post trump is that how many of the voters that they've gotten aligned with the project recently are going to stick around without him you know what i mean who can yeah, no, rally that support yeah because trump Trump was bringing out bigger numbers than Republicans had gotten in decades. It made the Midwest and PA battleground states where they had been Democratic strongholds for 30 years. Yeah, like, exactly. Unless he runs again, which I'm, I'm not going to write that off, you know? I mean, he could run again, but I'm inclined to believe he, does, he didn't like it. Do you think he'll keep focus for four years, though? Yeah. I'm inclined to believe he didn't like it enough to do it again. I think he gets his plaque, he was president, he can always say it was stolen from him, and that's why he's not president mm -hmm. anymore. Oh no, I completely agree. Like, he has his out now. If he goes back, it's truly for the love of the game. It's some... Um... <laughs> well, <laughs> that's the thing, though, is if he went back for the love of the, love of the game, he's, he's a Hall of Famer. He's getting the nomination again. <laughs> it's... It's Ace from Casino, where after everyone's died and he's no longer in charge of the Tangiers, he's just, like, he's still making bets, he's still making the money, mm -hmm. just out of sheer love for the game. <laughs> just, like, like a, a type of appreciation that we will never understand. Who's Joe Pesci? Uh, Joe Biden. <laughs> right! No, yeah, you're right! <laughs> it's perfect. And uh, um, quite similarly, Joe Biden is going to end up in a ditch in four years and be blamed for the <laughs> worst of the coronavirus, being given no option to make anything better, despite also having no desire to make anything better. Yup. And honestly, I think that's a pretty good uh, intro into the second half here. Um, so, yeah, hello, welcome back. Um, so, what we wanted to do for the second half was uh, sort of reassure the... Uh, John Brodigans of the world, and, you know, this lady that called into Rush Limbaugh to can, can complain about, um, you know, Democrat rule or, or whatever. It, we're here to reassure them, don't worry, you know, 
American imperial uh, hegemony, not gonna end. Republicans running the country, not going to end. <laughs> so, uh, we have this article, Meet the Contenders for Biden's Cabinet. The president-elect is expected to nominate a mix of progressives, moderates, and even a few Republicans as he seeks to satisfy a broad coalition in Politico. It's amazing that they think putting John Kasich in the cabin is going to satisfy QAnon people. <laughs> people who think Politico's John Kasich has been assassinated and replaced with a yeah. deep state clone. <laughs> JFK Jr. is in the cabinet. <laughs> that would be cool if they made John Fuchsia like Secretary of State. It's this guy. Politico should sell bumper stickers that say, I'm a Politico. And it's like, oh, they read Politico. <laughs> I should stay away from them. You should you should do marketing for Politico. Yeah, man, really. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but we're going to be talking about the Biden cabinet generally and uh, some of the people who will be heading these departments now. I think it'll be even more interesting than the Trump cabinet in that under the Trump cabinet, you were always subjected to the whims of Donald Trump whatever the last thing he heard that he decided to act on would limit your department <laughs> in that sort of way. Versus yeah. under the Biden administration, the people in charge of these departments are probably going to have a More lot, power than normal. Yeah, a lot of independence in what they seek out and what they try and do, and Biden will mostly just be... Will mostly just go along with it because uh, he doesn't mm -hmm. know how anything works, and the people who pushed him across the finish line will have him sign the papers in the correct order. Mm -hmm. And they pushed him specifically across the finish line for this very reason. He, it is a weekend at Bernie situation. Weekend at Bernie's so, and they couldn't give us Bernie. Yeah. <laughs> so Bernie's uh, not invited. So it starts out here. In the next two and a half months, Joe Biden needs to build a governing team to help him tackle an historic pandemic and rebuild the economy, all while winning approval from what's likely to be a Republican-controlled Senate and holding together an unruly coalition of Democrats. It's a task that will be nearly impossible to pull off. Yeah, because it's just not going to happen. <laughs> the president-elect will face incoming on several fronts, including from Democrats who expect him to nominate the most diverse cabinet in history. That goal is not always compatible with the push from the party's vocal left wing to nominate the most progressive cabinet since Franklin Delavore at Roosevelt. So here they sort of do a snide little, the left is racist. The left <laughs> is racist. Being progressive is not compatible with putting black women in charge of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Yes, exactly. Yeah, because there's, there's no one at all that they could have picked. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Wall Street and Silicon Valley interests that poured money into Biden's campaign over the final stretch have a different set of priorities. Hmm. They, hey, this article <laughs> fucking admits it, right? This is what we were talking about, how Joe Biden is the synthesis of the Wall Street money yes. and the Silicon Valley money. Kamala yeah. Harris is the offering to Silicon Valley. Joe Biden is Wall Street. It's perfect. Yeah. This is the uh, Delaware they, they, presidency, baby. They they fucking serve it to us on a silver platter here. And this is supposed to, you're supposed to be like, this is, it's a good thing. The, the, Wall Street and Silicon Valley hate Trump, so they must be good. <laughs> <clears throat> I think one thing Joe Biden has always liked is a variety of viewpoints, said former Senator Mark Pryor, Democrat Arkansas, who served for Dark. six... Yeah, dark. Who served for six <laughs> years alongside Biden in the Senate? In other words, what in the fucking eighties? In the seventies? What? In other words, expect Biden's own self-styled team of rivals. The likelihood that Kentucky Republican Mitch McConnell will remain Senate Majority Leader, however, means that every Biden nominee will need to win at least a few Republican votes. 
Mark Pryor's the creepy looking motherfucker that uh, Tom Cotton took his seat. Oh. <laughs> he is a dark looking guy. He only got elected in the first place because they thought they were voting for Richard Pryor. <laughs> <laughs> he did blackface the entire time, and as soon as the blackface wore off, we got Tom Cotton's fucking Elizabeth Warren for the right wing Paul Ryan ass. Slenderman we get ass. Mark Lunsford Pryor's soul piercing eyes. And wait, yo, Matt, correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't Tom Cotton the one who uh, ran against a libertarian exclusively this year? Yep, Democrats didn't run anybody. Yeah. At all. Love that. Democrats tried to run somebody, and then he it- pulled out of the election too close to the date for the Democrats to put someone else up, so they weren't able to nominate an opposition candidate. Why'd they pull out of the election? Was it like a like a family thing, or was this all part of some weird strategy to get Tom Cotton reelected? It could be. Oh, it was part of the great strategy that the Democrats have to not have any control of Congress while they're president. Of course, exactly. It's just like so amazing that this fuck up was able to make a seat that was a competitive seat. A Democrat held it before Tom Cotton, just for two terms, just and given to him again. Time. Yeah. So, before we get into this list, um, they do a disclaimer that basically uh, none of this is final, and Biden has said he doesn't plan to announce his staff even within the first week of taking office, Um, and a a lot of my information is coming from Wikipedia. He's got to go through the White House first, he has to put in shag carpeting, he has to (laughs) wood-paneled everything. (laughs) Replace all the kitchen countertops with fake granite. Yeah, put the classic giant, like, vinyl speakers I have just blasting, (laughs) like, the who. (laughs) Refurnish the basement of the White House to just be concrete floors. Um, (laughs) Definish the White House basement. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, uh, we're starting out here with uh, Secretary of Defense, Michelle Flournoy. Um, she was consigliere secretary of defense under Clinton and underboss secretary of defense under Obama. Underboss. Um, <laughs> a rank in our government. <laughs> consigliere. Yeah, truly. Uh, during her tenure in the Clinton administration, Flournoy was the principal author of the May 1997 Quadrennial Defense Review, which advocated the unilateral use of military power in defense of U.S. interests. <laughs> yeah. Uh, While serving in the Obama administration, Flournoy crafted the administration's policy of counterinsurgency in Afghanistan and helped persuade President Obama to intervene militarily in Libya. This this lady is almost single-handedly responsible for, like, hundreds of thousands of deaths. Our policy of counterinsurgency in Afghanistan, which was to align with warlords who controlled poppy fields that were not aligned with the Taliban... Our policy of uh, intervening militarily in Libya that turned Africa's richest country into a country with open-air slave markets along the Mediterranean coast. Yep. Not to mention, worked for fucking Clinton, so probably had a hand in the fucking the bombing of Kosovo yep. with all the depleted uranium. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Which then went into a few different rivers out into oceans. Secretary of Defense Michelle Flournoy, who personally killed Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> like uh amazing i i feel safer already yeah uh so in 2020 she opposed lifting sanctions on north korea and iran amid covid uh and was vocally in favor of giving the saudis massive drone programs in 2016 she and former deputy uh, secretary of state for obama founded uh, west exec advisors a quote strategic advisory firm for international companies addressing geopolitical factors that affect their business strategy and investment portfolios 
She's the lady you see when you need to carpet bomb a tenement in Ho Chi Minh City to build yeah. the McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, she's the lady who you contact when you want to insider trade about slavery in yeah. some Middle Eastern country. Yeah, exactly. Buy the water futures in Libya right now, trust me. <laughs> uh, so that's what we but have on her. not near Kosovo. <laughs> Uh, next, Secretary of State, Suzanne Rice. <laughs> Welcome uh, back. <laughs> Welcome back. So, from 2002 to 2009, she was a senior fellow at the Brookings Institute. Uh, a fellow. <laughs> then in... Th- <laughs> a fella. Senior fella. Senior dude. <laughs> then in 2009, she was appointed to a UN ambassadorship by the Obama administration, uh, during which she seems to have been, you know, a boilerplate middle manager for American imperial hegemony in the Middle East, while at the same time espousing the classic Obama era, you know, pseudo-progressive agenda, you know, saying stuff about LGBT rights and whatever, and, she, and not acting on it. If you guys remember, like, before Kamala was announced a couple of months ago, she was being touted as the leftist alternative to Kamala. Oh, yeah! <laughs> and then, so sick. And then she was like, Trump's being too nice to Castro, and it makes me sick every day <laughs> for the LGBT Cubans or whatever. Cuban Trump voters in Florida, the guy who you voted for is the one acting like Fidel Castro. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Jesus Christ. Here's here's an interesting bit. Uh, she was also tacitly involved in Benghazi <laughs> when she went on like a media run immediately afterwards where she was briefed with and parroted CIA talking points about it. Yeah, that was the amazing <laughs> thing because at the time I was like, I guess Kamala is the better choice for vice president because this lady is just like, I did Benghazi. I did slavery. <laughs> I, I did all the bad things, and I've never yeah. been an elected figure. Yeah, Kamala is the lesser of two evils. Yeah, yeah. Just, just imagine the Q brain if this lady was vice president. But then again, imagine <laughs> yeah. the Q brain when she becomes secretary of state. Yeah, yeah. This is once yeah. again someone who's never been elected to se- who's going to be secretary of state, a position that used to be considered the uh, grooming ground for the presidency. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if, if Suzanne Rice is appointed uh, Secretary of State, uh, then Jeffrey Epstein will come back in a sort of uh, Emperor Palpatine sort of scenario from Episode 9. Don't spoil it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's move on Oh, here. wait, wait, wait. I have one more point on her. Since if she is appointed Secretary of State, that will almost absolutely be the floor of her governmental career. She's not going to run for... Uh, real senate or house seat she's not going to be governor anywhere and she's not going to try and be the president it will be to secure kamala's position in a 2024 primary she doesn't want mm. any challengers from within the administration there's no better way trump to do jr. it than has to, COVID. yeah give the most imp- what uh news for you donald trump jr tests positive for covid19 just now oh, wow you heard it here first folks what? He's the most cucked. He's the one that's going to die. Not Chris Christie. <laughs> not Donald Trump. It's gonna oh, be my Trump God. <laughs> Holy shit. Donald, DJ TJ's uh, diet of literally only McDonald's, which his dad force fed him from infancy, that's going to kill him. You're right. He, he doesn't is... have an immune system. You're right. Oh, my God. He's going he to be He tried the... to meme his way into his father's heart, and now he's going to die. Yeah, he's <laughs> not going to get to be the president. He's going to be the like first 40 year old to die of coronavirus or whatever it'll be amazing he is the epitome of like not drinking any water to own the lips (laughs) he is absolutely his piss smells terrible his diet of cocaine imagine what he's done to his septum is like a paste yeah oh my god (laughs) all right all right right. let's let's move on here rip to a real one we're not going to see you in 2024 buddy but you'll be in our you'll be in our hearts 
so, uh, Treasury Secretary Lael Brainard, um, born in West Germany. Third eye uh, open, third eye ding, open. Ding, 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 third eye open. For yep. real. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, she began her career at McKinsey, then went on to become an assistant and associate professor of applied economics at the MIT Sloan School of Management, uh, where her publications made important contributions on the relationship between offshore production, trade, and jobs. Specifically... Wait, wait a yeah. second. So I wonder we, what that means. So just to recap, just really quick, we are talking about a German efficiency expert who was a teacher of management at MIT. I wonder what Germans know about management. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit, man. Uh, oh, you've, you've left out the McKinsey part. No, She's I said efficiency expert. Oh, fair, <laughs> fair my, enough. Which was maybe the guys, most evil thing I said. Yeah. Do you guys remember having to, like, explain to normal people what McKinsey was and why it was bad? They'd yes. be like, oh, you don't like Pete Buttigieg? Why? <laughs> uh, yeah, he, but it's like... He fixed the price of bread in Canada. <laughs> he did the most comically evil thing a person can do. Yeah, yeah and it's like, there's that's that, what... And then there's... That's what this lady was doing, too. The plot of Robin Hood was that they increased the tax on bread. <laughs> There's the whole McKinsey nonsense of like uh, helping make a counter ad campaign for uh, mothers that were coming out against uh, OxyContin in like the early 2000s. Mm -hmm. They were like, all right, how are we going to counteract this? There's, there's so much worse so McKinsey what? shit than the bread. Did they make an ad that were like mothers for opium or something basically they had made ads that had Holy people fuck. uh talking about how like how much oxycontin helps them in their day-to-day -day life and how good Holy it was fuck that jesus christ that's amazing and then uh the company that made him got sued and for like six billion dollars and then they had to issue a statement that said sorry yeah we're sorry <laughs> our bad Anyway, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, so uh, important contributions on the relationship between offshore production, trade, and jobs, specifically the measurement of structural and cyclical unemployment in the U.S. economy. You have basically you just have <sighs> McKinsey ruling this shit. I, I, you know, make of that what you will. Um, from 2009 to 2013, she served as Undersecretary of the Treasury for Internal Affairs. Uh, in this role, she exerted pressure on China to allow the forces of the free market to, to guide its currency. Uh, since 2014, she has served on the Board of Governors of the Federal Reserve System, a.k.a. the real Elders of Zion. <laughs> I'm going to cut that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that. We're doing tropes, baby. <laughs> No, oh, but it's true. Brand. It's not like uh, the Jewish people don't run the economy. The Germans do, and we're far worse off for yes, it. Yes, <laughs> this lady. Yes. So next, um, we mentioned a little bit about Attorney General uh, earlier. This is a different one. Doug Jones. Um, he was a, an attorney from Alabama who successfully convicted two KKK members in a bombing that killed four African-American children in 1963. And I will admit that is, you know, that's a, that's a feat. That's an objectively good thing that he, he was able to do that in Alabama in the sixties. That's a, I no no, no, I, they got prosecuted like 30 years after the fact. I think. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so last yeah, week like he did old, this. They were like old guys and then they figured it out. Okay. So it's, okay. it's still it's still good that they went down, of course, but it was it, he wasn't. It wasn't Alabama in the sixties. Okay. Managed. To okay. That. 
So he is also the Democrat who won the special election in Alabama against famed pedophile Roy Moore in 2017, uh, though he just lost his Senate re-election campaign to Tommy Tuberville. <laughs> Uh, despite being famous for reaching across the aisle and breaking with his party's line. Uh, to his credit, his positions on boilerplate social issues are largely correct. He is pro-choice, pro-LGBTQ+, pro-criminal uh, justice reform, pro-gun control, pro-DACA. Though all of this being said, he is anti-single-payer, anti-Green New Deal, and pro-genocide in Yemen. Uh, he has voted with Trump's agenda 35% of the time, and of course, anything a Democrat says they are in favor of must be taken with a mountain of salt. An ocean of salt. Yeah, absolutely. It was awesome that this guy almost lost to Roy Moore, but then he was able to squeak <laughs> by. I I thought Senate terms were six years. I don't understand why he fucking served for three. Uh, whatever. I'm not, <laughs> I don't know either. I'm not going to figure a, that out. I don't know. It was care a special too. election. I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Who cares? Now, Tommy Tuberville, a... Uh, what football coach is going to be the senator? <laughs> That's probably the future of the Republican yeah, he Party. Yeah, football coach because mm -hmm. they yeah, have it totally is. They have the right amount of like charisma, broad name appeal, without being too divisive. Like they can mm -hmm. be socially conservative figures and TV personalities. Ryan Howard's going to get the Republican nomination in twenty thirty. <laughs> <laughs> now, who's the uh, Patriots guy? Tom Brady. <laughs> Tom Brady. Yeah, yeah, Fuhrer Tom oh, Brady. That's the future we're headed <laughs> No, that's actually, that's actually accurate. He'll probably be a senator. Uh, yeah, it would be awesome if Biden appointed Warren to the administration, <laughs> say, instead of the German psychopath, and then, yeah. uh, <laughs> then they make Tom, Tom Brady. Brady the senator Takes from seat. Massachusetts <laughs> as a Republican because they have a Republican governor. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Let's go. Uh, yeah, healing to the, the divide. Um. So that's what we have on that guy. Next, uh, Secretary of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas, who was uh, born in Havana, Cuba, in 1960, uh, but his family fled to Miami after his father's steel wool factory was seized in the revolution. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, when I initially looked up this guy, I saw that his family fled cuba in the 60s and i was like hmm what kind of people typically fled cuba in the 60s and it did take me about 30 minutes to find this fact but it is true his father's steel wool factory was seized uh he, he he's on record saying my father did not want to raise his family in a communist regime. Uh, so after three years as a private attorney, uh, he was appointed assistant United States attorney in the Central District of California, which is a ridiculously long name, and I will not be saying it again, uh, where he specialized in prosecuting white-collar crimes, and I, I, he did do objectively good work in this position. He, he was able to prosecute people, but at the same time, you know, where is he sending them? Country, country club prison, of course. Yep, sending them to the pool hall. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so in 98, he was recommended by Senator Dianne Feinstein and appointed by President Clinton as the United States Attorney for the Central District of California. This position was less of a, uh, you know, crusade, more or less, against the ruling class and more of an inquisition on the unsuspecting victims of Gladio and CIA drug running in California. Uh, basically, he put dozens of people to their death for gang activity. Um under the Obama administration, he was appointed Director of U.S. Citizen and Immigration Services, which, if you guys didn't know, is the bureaucracy above ICE and CBP. So, in other words, this guy built the cages. 
This guy is fucking incredible. His family fled Cuba after their monopoly on steel wool. Just a total fail industry to have a monopoly on in <laughs> fucking Cuba which, already. Which, what, what, what were they using the steel wool for? Like, the Batista regime was presumably rubbing it against dissident skin or something? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. It's a steel wool factory. It had been reconditioned in recent years to build concentration camps for communist dissidents. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. holy shit. <laughs> Yeah, he, he actually, they actually didn't fl flee Cuba because of the revolution. They fled because uh, they were making him unionize his factory. He was like, I won't have any of that communism. And what you have to remember, even when he was doing his quote-unquote good work of prosecuting white-collar crime, there's no such thing as a good lawyer. Everything was to the ends of making a promotion, working up the ladder, mm -hmm. eventually getting to be the guy who signed the order to buy the cages. Yeah, exactly. And now exactly. he's going to get to be Secretary of Homeland Security, and he's going to get to run ICE directly. The guy who built the cages. Like, I cannot stress that enough. Personally. Uh, and, of course, he's received nothing but praise for his work there. Um, so, so that's that fucking ghoul. Uh, next, Secretary of Commerce, Meg Whitman. Uh, <laughs> this lady is the reason you're here, mm. let me tell you. So... Failed California gubernatorial candidate and board member of Procter and Gamble and Dropbox, former president. Procter and Gamble. That sounds like some I don't know bullshit. Venture capital. It's now. venture capital idiocy. Yeah, probably probably some sugar house casino app bullshit. Uh, she was a board member of Procter and Gamble and Dropbox, former president and CEO of Hewlett Packard Enterprise, CEO of Quibi before it was recently, you know, <laughs> bankrupted. Uh, she is an executive at Disney, DreamWorks, and Hasbro, president and CEO of eBay from 98 to 08. She was appointed to the board of Goldman Sachs in October 2001 and then resigned in December 2002 amidst controversy that she had received shares in several public offerings managed by Goldman Sachs. In March 2011, she was appointed uh, she was appointed a part-time special advisor at venture capital firm Kleiner Perkins. She was on the boards for Zipcar, Teach for America, and SurveyMonkey. In 2018, she was invested and joined the board of the esports organization Immortals Gaming Club. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what we have on this lady. Just that fucking block of text just, about all the board positions she's held just to break down some of these positions for you real quick president and ceo of ebay from 98 to 08 she got out when paypal did she's part of the paypal mafia and that's how she gained most mm -hmm. of her money uh yes. she crashed hp hewlett packard stock and made it like a failed company in the new tech world She's on mm. the Dropbox board, which is just free money, as you get from corporate accounts in the cloud. She crashed mm -hmm. Quibi, and uh, then she had a bunch of no-work jobs in venture capital, Disney, and etc. Until she joins the Esports Immortal <laughs> Gaming Club and runs for governor <laughs> and eats shit after investing $30 million of their own money. And if there is one yep. rule in politics, it's the same as in producing Broadway plays in the producers. <laughs> Never <Yeah>. spend your <laughs> own money! <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so so that's that lady for Secretary of Commerce. Uh, just some... P&G, the company she uh, is a board member of, was part of a, a price-fixing scheme for, like, detergent powder in Europe. <laughs> <laughs> 
nice. You know what? Nice. Maybe the Dutch deserve to spend 25 cents more on <laughs> detergent powder. And I'm glad that that lady will be running our economy. I'm sure she'll be very yep. fair and... I'm sure this will be the great progressive, most progressive administration since Roosevelt. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Like sure. they were advertising. Sure. Certainly. Run by uh, this so lady. Interred. So another name being floated for Secretary of Commerce is uh, this guy Terry McAuliffe? McAuliffe? I don't know. Uh, he is visiting professor at George Mason University, Shar School of Policy and Government, which of course... Uh, George Mason wee University, wee yeah, is an extremely far-right, coke-funded school that has participated in some of the most successful authoritarian, libertarian propaganda this country has ever seen, and directly contributed to the Tea Party Revolution. Bought and this sold guy. by this guy. I mean, uh, oh my god, you couldn't get more Chicago school fucking scumbags if you were in Chile in the 70s. Yeah, so your choice, do you want the guy who designed the fucking Pinochet government, or do you want FaZe Banks to be a <laughs> secretary of commerce? Either way, no one's Either cutting way. you a check, baby. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, next, energy secretary... Uh, Ernest Moniz, uh, a nuclear physicist who served as President Obama's energy secretary. Uh, okay. He has served as an informal advisor to the Biden campaign on energy issues. Moniz's ties to the fossil fuel industry, including serving as an independent director on the board of utility owner Southern Company, uh, worry climate change activists on the left. His unanimous confirmation as energy secretary in 2013 could make him a no-drama pick. He has served on the boards of BP and General Electric and as a trustee of the King Abdullah Petroleum <laughs> Studies and Research Center in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> uh, yep. Serve he was a trustee on the Saudi board for keeping women from driving. Uh, he had the job before. Who cares? Energy secretary just has to sign off that we are not going to ban fracking in this administration. Yeah. And this guy uh, that, yeah. will happily take that job again. Absolutely. For certain. Um, so, yeah, that, that's that guy. Boring. Pfft, who cares? I mean, I, oh, but it sucks to be a nuclear physicist and doing that shit when nuclear energy could easily replace fossil fuels if we had any investment in battery technology at all or, you know, mm -hmm. it, keeping infrastructure up or any of the things that nuclear requires. So instead, he's just like, no, just keep doing this. I'll just take the money from all these companies. Yeah, no, this is cool. And, and I'll yeah. be in charge of the government <laughs> every other four years. Not to mention, not to mention... Uh, boards of BP, General Electric, Southern Company, uh, King Abdullah Petroleum Studies and Research Center. The guy's a CIA agent. They lay it out right here. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. When you take Arab in school, the first thing they teach you to say is, I am a journalist. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, so, next, uh, we have Labor Secretary. Uh, Politico makes the point that uh, because of the Biden campaign's, quote, centering on the need to empower American workers and rebuild the middle class, <laughs> okay, Biden is widely expected to choose a more progressive candidate to lead the Labor Department. Um, I didn't do much research on these guys because their titles are just so long and boring. Um, uh, floated candidates are Andy Levine, uh, Michigan congressman, former acting director of the Michigan Department of Energy, Labor, and Economic Growth, former assistant director of organizing at the AFL-CIO, uh, Julie Sue, 
Secretary of the California Labor and Workforce Development Agency, former Labor Commissioner of California, heading California's Division of Labor Standards Enforcement under Jerry Brown. Oh, Jerry Brown! My order smiles and never frowns! Also being floated, Tom Perez and Bernie Sanders, who I don't think Biden floated Bernie's name. I think Bernie floated Bernie's name. Hey, what about Bernie? <laughs> yeah. Remember me? No, nah, yeah. I, I don't even think. Well, Bernie won't be a choice because it would literally give the Republicans another seat. Same deal as Warren because uh, mm-hmm. Republicans control Vermont gubernatorially. Mm-hmm. But even so, he wouldn't be able to do anything good as the Secretary of Labor. No. It would just be a complete refutation of his legacy and everything he stood for. Mm-hmm. It might as well be uh, this heir to Jerry Brown's legacy <laughs> or the fucking assistant director of the AFL-CIO. In the words of Phil Oaks, man, and I'm glad that the commies were thrown out of the AFL-CIO board. Biden's been working with the uh, Necronomicon, and he's going to resurrect Lazar Kaganovich and have him be Secretary of Labor. I mean, <laughs> say what you will about Frank Rizzo, but he got things done when he instigated the move bombing and killed 20 citizens with a firebombing by the Philadelphia Police Department. Let's go. Yeah, and I think his return to government will be a great thing. <laughs> and life. You try and resurrect Kaganovich, but you get Rizzo instead. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Wrong page. You think it's like a Cronenberg monster, but that's just what Frank Rizzo looks like. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, 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 so, moving on to the last, but certainly not least, Veteran Affairs Secretary, number one float, Pete Buttigieg, uh, whom Politico describes as former mayor of South Bend, independent, retired intelligence officer in the U.S. Navy Reserve. Now, I don't know about you guys, I recall during the primaries, the Buttigieg campaign put the kibosh on literally anyone saying he was involved in intelligence when he was in the army. I like how they're just saying it. Absolutely. I love how you phrased this as last but not least for Veterans Affairs Secretary, which is absolutely (laughs) the least thing you could have in the administration. (laughs) Veterans Affairs is running uh, like an Ashley Madison for veterans only. You're you're below fucking HUD if you are the Secretary of Veterans Affairs. (laughs) <laughs> and this guy got third place, basically. Uh, and Pete Buttigieg is what unemployed, so of course now he's gonna be like, "I was in intelligence." <laughs> Pete Buttigieg is living off that uh, stimulus check from five months ago. <laughs> um, Buttigieg has been recently touting his foreign policy knowledge, and his allies have been lobbying for a foreign uh, policy post. With some openly suggesting he'd be a great ambassador to the United Nations. Buttigieg has some chips to cash in with Biden after his crucial endorsement ahead of the Super Tuesday primary elections in March and his busy campaign schedule for the Democratic nominee. Now, I'm going to flip that on its head and say that Buttigieg doesn't have any chips to cash in with Biden uh, because Biden cashed in his chips with Buttigieg when he was like, run for president and then drop out and endorse me before Super Tuesday. (laughs) Well, no, I think Buttigieg was always going to run because he has this sick desire in him to advance and he couldn't figure out how to do it on a local scale. I think that Buttigieg held a lot of the chips when he could have stayed in and taken a good deal of votes. Like, there could have been a Sanders nominee and God knows where we'd be today if that had happened. So in exchange for that, he was able to leverage and get himself on the cabinet. But if all he's getting is Secretary of Veterans Affairs and not, like, you know, 
He could be Secretary of State. He could be any of these positions. He could be DA. Mm. He's a veteran. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah, exactly, they're gonna make exactly. him. Uh, they're gonna make him like a uh, secondary ambassador to the Civil Aviation Administration in Canada. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, exactly. They do the designated survivor to him, and then he <laughs> makes designated survivor happens to become president. Yeah. <laughs> That's the logical conclusion yeah. of putting this yeah. guy anywhere near the cabinet. Yeah, he's 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 the guy they dig out of the rubble at the end of the second episode uh, who uh, was in on it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yep. Uh, so, yeah, that's all we got for uh, Biden's cabinet. I just, you know, conservatives fret not. The administration will be staffed entirely with hawks and psychopaths and Chicago school fucking ghouls and goblins. Ghouls and goblins. They exist and they're in your government, people. They've turned the frogs gay. They uh, turned Ellen DeGeneres gay. Uh, <laughs> Truth is, the frogs were gay from the start. They, folks, these this is the people who put Harry Styles in the dress. These are the people that are <laughs> doing this to you. <laughs> you know, everyone's ever, always talking about how the frogs are gay, but no one's ever asking how the frogs are. <laughs> Woke. The frogs are uh, gay because the French keep eating them. And the French are very <laughs> racist and homophobic. So they're like, oh no, we will become gay and then the French will not eat us. Yeah. The frogs are also French. <laughs> or <Yeah>. alternatively, <laughs> alternatively, it's actually the toads that they're turning gay, but Alex Jones doesn't know the difference, so he's telling everyone it's frogs. Absolutely. I hope that in the last coming weeks of the Trump administration, he just makes Alex Jones the head of Homeland Security or something. <laughs> Why not? Yes. Let's get Alex Jones as the director of the CIA. <laughs> the Kennedy papers come out and it's discovered that Alex Jones <laughs> killed Kennedy. There's a guy that came into my work and was talking to my buddy. He was like, look at my son. Look how big he is. He's only 12 years old. It's because I only feed him organic. No vaccines either. And then uh, then he's going on and on about how big his boy is. And then he's like, and I only let him watch Alex Jones. You know, some people say he's controversial, but I think he's a messenger. Divine. Alex Jones is a divine messenger. That is incredible. Just look at my very large boy who I only feed organic food to and the gorilla mindset. <laughs> He's going to be very normal. <laughs> All right. Uh, Want to wrap it up here? Uh, sure. Well, folks, uh, that, that takes care of us for another day, I guess. Thanks for listening to Boomer Death Squad. You can follow us on Twitter at Boomer Death Pod. I've been Joe. I've been Danny. And I've been Matt. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, Bye-bye. See ya. So love me, love me, love me. I'm a liberal. Get it? (laughs) I go to civil rights rally, and I put down the old D.A.R. D.A.R., that's the dykes of the American Revolution. I love Harry and Sidney and Sammy. I hope every colored boy becomes a star. But don't talk about revolution. That's going a little bit too far. So love me, love me, love me. I'm a liberal. 
I cheered when Humphrey was chosen My faith in the system restored And I'm glad that the commies were thrown out From the AFL-CIO bar And I love Puerto Ricans and Negroes As long as they don't move next door So love me, love me, love me I'm a liberal Ah, the people of old Mississippi Should all hang their heads in shame Now I can't understand how their minds work What's the matter, don't they watch less crane? But if you ask me to bust my children I hope the cops take down your name So love me, love me, love me I'm a liberal Yes, I read New Republic and Nation I've learned to take every view You know, I've memorized Lerner and Golden I feel like I'm almost a Jew But when it comes to times like Korea There's no one more red, white, and blue So love me, love me, love me I'm a liberal I vote for the Democratic Party They want the UN to be strong I attend all the Pete Seeger concerts He sure gets me singing those songs And I'll send all the money you ask for But don't ask me to come on along So love me, love me, love me I'm a liberal Sure, once I was young and impulsive I wore every conceivable pin Even went to socialist meetings Learned all the old union hymns Ah, but I've grown older and wiser And that's why I'm turning you in 